Section twenty two of Yiddish Tales. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Yiddish Tales translated by Helena Frank and read by Adrian Pretzelis. Section twenty two. At the Matzas by Judah Steinberg. It was quite early in the morning when Sosia, the scribe's daughter, a girl of seventeen, awoke laughing. A sunbeam had broken through the rusty window made its way to her underneath the counterpane, and there opened her eyes. It woke her out of a deep dream which she was ashamed to recall, but the dream came back to her of itself, and made her laugh. Had she known whom she was going to meet in her dreams, she would have lain down in her clothes, it occurs to her, and she laughs loud. "'Got up laughing!' scolds her mother. There's a piece of good luck for you. It's a sign of a black year for her. May it be to my enemies." Sosia proceeds to dress herself. She does not want to fall out with her mother to-day. She wants to be on good terms with every one. In the middle of dressing she loses herself in thought, with one naked foot stretched out and an open stocking in her hand wondering how the dream would have ended if she had not woke up so soon. Chayamor, a villager's son who boards with her mother, passes the open doors leading to Sosia's room, and for the moment he is riveted to the spot. His eyes dance, the blood rushes to his cheeks, he gets all he can by looking, and then hurries away to Cheda without his breakfast to study the Song of Songs. And Sosia, fresh and rosy from sleep, her brown eyes glowing under the tumbled gold locks, betakes herself to the kitchen, where her mother, with her usual worried look, is blowing her soul out before the oven into a smoky fire of damp wood. "'Look at the girl standing round like a fool!' Run down to the cellar and fetch me an onion and some potatoes." Sosia went down to the cellar and found the onions and potatoes sprouting. At sign of a green leaf her heart leapt. Greenery! Greenery! Summer is coming! And the whole of her dream came back to her. "'Look, mother! Green sprouts!' she cried, rushing into the kitchen. A thousand bad dreams on your head, the onions are spoilt, and she laughs. My enemy's eyes will creep out of their lids before there will be fresh greens to eat, and all this, woe is me, is only fit to throw away." Greenery, greenery, thought Sosia, summer is coming. Greenery had got into her head, and there it remained and from greenery she went on to remember that to-day was the first Passover cake-baking at Gedalia the baker's, and that Schleimer Schreiber would be at work there. Having begged of her mother the one pair of boots that stood about in the room and fitted every one, she put them on, and was off to the Matzas. It was, as we have said, the first day's work at Gedalia the baker's and the sack of Passover flour had just been opened. Gravely the flower-boy, a two-weeks' orphan, carried the pot of flour for the mehereh 
and poured it out together with remembrances of his mother, who had died in the hospital, of injuries received at their hands. And the water-boy came up behind him, and added recollections of his own. The hooligans threw his father into the water off the bridge. May they pay for it, Susa Gott! May they live till he is a man, and can settle his account with them." Thus the grey-headed old Henoch, the kneader, and he kneaded it all into the dough, with thoughts of his own grandchildren. This one fled abroad, the other in the regiment, a third in prison. The dough stiffens, the horny old hands work it with difficulty, the dough gets stiffer every year and the work harder. It's time for him to go to the asylum. The dough is kneaded, cut up in pieces, rolled and riddled. Is that a token for the whole congregation of Israel? And now appear the round matzahs, which must wander on a shovel into the heated oven of Shloime Shaiba, first into one corner and then into another, till another shovel throws them out into a new world, separated from the old by a screen thoroughly scoured for Passover, which now rises and now falls. They are arranged in columns, a reminder of Pithom and Ramesses. Cruck-ruck, cuck-ruck, cuck-ruck, whisper the still warm matzahs one to another. They also are remembering, and they tell the tale of the exodus after their fashion, the tale of the flight out of Egypt, only they have seen more flights than one. Thus are the matzahs kneaded and baked by the Jews with thoughts. The Gentiles call them blood, and assert that Jews need blood for their matzahs and they take the trouble to supply us with fresh thoughts every year. But at Gedalia the Baker's all is still cheerfulness. Girls and boys in their unspent vigour surround the tables. There is rolling and riddling and cleaning of clean rolling-pins with pieces of broken glass. From wherever do Jews get so much broken glass? And the whole town is provided with kosher matzahs. Jokes and silver trills escape the lively young workers. The company is as merry as though the exodus were to-morrow. But it won't be to-morrow. Look at them well, because another day you will not find them so merry. They will not seem like the same. One of the likely lads has left his place, and suddenly appeared at a table beside a pretty curly-haired girl. He has hurried over his matzahs, and now he wants to help her. She thanks him for his attention with a rolling pin over the fingers, and there is such laughter among the spectators that Berke, the old overseer, exclaimed, What impertinence! But he cannot finish, because he has to laugh himself. There is a spark in the embers of his being which the girlish merriment around him kindles anew and the other lads are jealous of the beaten one. They know very well that no girl would hit a complete stranger, and that blow only meant, Impudent boy! 
Why need the world know of anything between us? Shloimeh Shaiba, armed with the shovels, stands still for one minute, trying to distinguish Sosha's voice in the peals of laughter. The matzahs under his care are browning in the oven, and Sosia takes it into her head to make her matzahs with one pointed corner, so that he may perhaps know them for hers, and laughs to herself as she does so. There is one table to the side of the room which was not there last year. It was placed there for the formerly well-to-do house-mistress, who, last year when they came to bait their matzahs, gave Yomtov money to the others. Here all goes on quietly. The laughter of the merry people breaks against the silence, and is swallowed up. The work grows continually pleasanter and more animated. The riddler stamps two or three matzahs with hieroglyphs at once, in order to show off. Schleimer at the oven cannot keep pace with him, and grows angry. May all bad! The wish is cut short in his mouth. He has caught a glance of saucers through the door of the baking-room. He answers with two, gets three back, Saucier pursing her lips to signify a kiss. Schleimer folds his hands, which also means something. Meanwhile, ten matzahs get scorched, and one of Saucier's is pulled into two. Then and bend me mine hands starts a worker singing in a plaintive key. "'Come, hush, hush!' scolds old Berker. "'Songs, indeed! What next, you impudent boy!' "'My sorrow's beyond their head,' sighs a neighbour of Sosia. "'They'd soon be tired of their life if they were me. I've left two children at home fit to scream their hearts out. The other is at the breast. I brought it along. It is quiet just now, by good luck." "'What is the use of a poor woman's having children?' exclaims another, evidently expecting herself. Indeed, she has a child a year, and a seven days' mourning a year afterwards. "'Do you suppose I ask for them? Do you think I cry my eyes out for them before God? If she hasn't any, who's to inherit her place at the matzah's baking a hundred years hence? All very well for you to talk. You're a grass widow. To no Jewish daughter may it apply. May such a blow be to my enemies, as he'll surely come back again. It's about time, after three years. Will you shut up, or do you want another beating? Sosia went off into a fresh peal of laughter and the shovel fell out of Schleimer's hand. Again he caught a glance, but this time she wrinkled her nose at him, as much as to say, Fie, you shameless boy! Can't you behave yourself even before other people?" Hereupon the infant gave account of itself in a small, shrill voice, and the general commotion went on increasing. The overseer scolded. The matzah printing-wheel creaked and squeaked. The bits of glass were ground against the rolling pins. There was a humming of songs and a proclaiming of secrets, followed by bursts of laughter, Sosia's voice ringing high above the rest. And the sun shone into the room through the small window. A white spot jumped around 
and kissed every one there. It is the spirit of Israel, delighting in her young men and maidens, and whispering in their ears, What if it is matzah-kneading, and what if it is exile? Only let us all be together, only let us all be merry. Or is it the spring, transformed into a white patch of sunshine, in which all have equal share, and which has not forgotten to bring good news into the house of Gedalia, the matzah-baker? A beautiful sun was preparing to set, and promised another fine day for the morrow. Ding-dong! Gul, 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 gul. It was the convent bells calling the Christians to confession. All tongues were silenced around the table at Gedalia the baker's. A streak of vapour dimmed the sky, and gloomy thoughts settled down upon the hearts of the workers. Easter! There Easter is coming on! And mothers' eyes sought their children. The white patch of sunshine suddenly gave a terrified leap across the ceiling, and vanished in a corner. Kick-kick, kick-grick, kick-kick, whispered the hot matzahs. Who is to know what they say? Who can tell, now that the Jews have baked this year's matzahs, how soon they will set about providing them with material for the next? Thoughts? and broken glass for the rolling pins. End of At the Matzahs by Judah Steinberg